Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to you all. This is the Business Day Spotlight, your destination for African business made simple. My name is Mbidiwa Gawaza, and for today, we're getting into a discussion about the state of uh, business confidence in South Africa. There are a lot of headwinds uh, that businesses have had to face over the last couple of years, but, um, you know, it does seem as if, you know, somewhere in the economy, uh, businesses uh, seem to be, you know, still confident about some of their prospects in the local economy. So to help us to make sense of uh, some of what is going on, we are joined uh, by Richard Downing, who is an economist, um, you know, who is uh, consulting for the South African Chamber of Commerce and Industry on their business confidence index. And, um, you know, the reading that we're getting for December 2023 is that it reached a notable uh, 112.1 that's 112.1 marking the second highest level for uh, the year surpassed only by january 2023 when it reached a peak of 112.9 so we're just going to be getting into that conversation what does it mean and um, you know what are some of the things that people should be looking out for specifically businesses um, and what are the things that are shaping business confidence at the moment So, Richard, greetings to you today. Good morning. Um, When it comes to the Business Confidence Index, Richard, maybe before we get, you know, into the rabbit hole of what's going on in the economy, you could give us some insight into the the components that make up, um, you know, this particular index. I do understand that, uh, you know, the reading that uh, I've just spoken about now is an overall reading that takes into account a number of various components. Maybe you could lead us around that. Uh, let me first just introduce you to the starting point of this index. It actually started in 1985 by a former head of uh, South African Business and, uh, uh, and, and Commerce Chamber. Uh, that was Raymond Parsons. But then, of course, it was, he was succeeded by people. And at the moment, Alan McCorkey is actually the CEO to Saki. Uh, just on the index itself, it is an index where we assume that there's certain critical information out there in markets, financial markets, and in the economy that uh, businesses, that forms a perception by business of what's going on around the, the environment and the business climate. So we put those uh, indicators that we use together in what we say a composite index, and this is what the Business Confidence Index is. It's not a monthly survey, but what we do, we update the data uh, to see, you know, what how it influences actually perceptions by business, and therefore their their confidence levels as such. Now, as you've already mentioned, you know, uh, we had 112 in in December, a little bit up in January. Um, only a new type of, of increase, but still uh, better than actually during the year of 23. So that there's, there's a little bit of improvement in business confidence, but not near the levels that one would like to have it. And this uh, level that we see is 112.3 uh, at the moment in January is actually compared to 2020 being 100. So it was a COVID year, you know, when things were really down. And then we can, it was just 112 is telling us to some extent that we're a little bit better, 
back to normal to some extent in terms of business climate and the business confidence, but not near the levels that we would like to be. Maybe you could give us some insight into the levels that uh, you know we would either like to be at or what was normal before we got into the COVID years because um, both the COVID period and the current economic downturn um, it would be it would be hard to characterize each any of these environments as being normal, um, you know. So, what does a normal year look like when it comes to the BCI? Yeah, no, the economy and the, the market has been plagued, you know, by exogenous uh, sort of events, as you've mentioned, you know that the. The mayhem of July 21, the COVID sort of uh, restrictions that we had, the release of those restrictions. And then, of course, the ongoing electricity problem that we're facing. But all those are captured into sort of uh, in, in, into information that is out there in the markets and in the economy. Therefore, we would look at the RAND exchange rate, you know, not only the, the level of the exchange rate, but also the volatility of the exchange rate. We look at manufacturing output. We look at retail sales or the uh, volumes of retail sales. Uh, importantly, we look at, you know, South Africa's foreign relations in terms of trade with with other countries. Uh, they, so there's a lot of those, there's 14 of those sub-indices that we say that we're looking at. And each of those sub-indices also is compiled by different other indices. So it's quite a comprehensive type of view that we do in terms of how business actually interpret the events that are going on and how it affects them. And this is what we measured in terms of this. And just in terms of the past, you know, you've mentioned now 2020 was a bit of a crazy year for for economy and for all of us. But I think uh, if you just go back a little bit, uh, in 1994, you know, after the sort of political negotiations and things happened, the index stood at 117, for instance, for the year of 1994. So this 112 is a little bit below that level because that was also a lot of political uh, mayhem and things going on before we got, got to an agreement in terms of a new democracy. And then, in, in uh, you know, the economy grew at about 5%, something around that. And in 2007, that level was a reach of 160. Uh, 160 compared to the 100 of 2020 and to the 112 that we around that level that we're seeing at the moment. So we're not nearly, you know, at our best. We could uh, the 160 in 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 2007 was reached under uh, the first democratic government type of thing, and it was uh, when we had economic growth of five percent, and that was an ideal type of situation. That is something perhaps that we could strive for. Therefore. It puts some benchmark there in terms of what 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 we will able be able to do, and what we will be able to achieve in terms of business confidence. But then there's a lot of things, as you've also mentioned, you know, at the moment that makes that that sort of uh, creating that type of business climate a little bit difficult, and especially you know uh, when you're looking forward and trying to achieve better levels for business confidence, it is also inspiring, you know, your investor investor confidence from local people and from foreign investors. And that is an important issue in terms of the end of, you know, our businesses view, you know, business confidence. You know, as you're talking, uh, Richard, I, I just can't help but to draw, you know, maybe simple parallels. It's, I, I know that it's probably not that black and white, 
um, but certain parallels, especially when I think back to years like uh, 2007, um, you know, where you're talking about a 160 reading and all that, um, the parallel I'm, I'm drawing is the one around the currency markets where the RAND was, you know, very strong, um, you know, at that time, I think five or six, five, six, seven rand to the dollar, you know, at that, uh, you know, if I remember correctly, um, you know, at that time, very strong rand, very strong output that was coming out of the country. So I'm pretty sure, um, you know, that was, uh, you know, quite a, quite a time, um, you know, to have been, uh, to have been in business and operating at the time. Now, when it comes to the things that shape, you know, the business confidence, there's obviously the macroeconomics, there's, you know, a lot of things going on. We just came from having the State of the Nation address, President Ramaphosa sort of highlighting uh, where the country is likely going to go for the year, big year, you know, for elections, um, you know, on that front. Um, in your view, uh, how is uh, last week's speech uh, likely to shape uh, business confidence, especially given the fact that we're also now waiting for um, Minister Gonogwana to give us the budget for the year? Yeah, I think you know, in in the in the review on the on on the business conferences for for January, we actually mentioned the fact you know that Sona is a very important uh, setting the scene for where we might be going. And unfortunately, as we know, you know, just after the speech, we had this electricity problem and load shedding again increased to level six and so on. So I'm happy that we can talk today, you know, without. Luckily, we've got some some backup systems to to do this type of thing, but uh, no, it's, it's unfortunate, you know that. Uh, but the upcoming budget, you know, there's a lot of things that was also said in the Sona that actually implies, you know, spending money, and for Treasury, you know, to make that type of decisions. And we know our fiscal position is not well. I mean, it's not well in the total public sector, not only. In terms of central government, it's state-owned enterprises like, for instance, ESCOM, Transnet and those places also that is struggling financially in the cope, you know. And there's a lot of other, there's a lot of reasons for this. I mean, one, I don't want to go into that. You know, people perhaps know what, what is the reason, but I think there's a few things that's important in terms of, and especially getting the private public sector to operate more efficiently. And if you, I think if we can achieve that, together with private sector participation in the economy, which is very important. They are the guys that create jobs. I mean, we didn't even speak about unemployment rate at the moment. I mean, broadly speaking, it's about 43% around there, which is which is not a good, good sign as such. And to create that sort of confidence within business, the public sector can play a very important role in terms of creating that atmosphere that we're looking at 2007 or approaching that to, that type of environment. It's important for the public sector to know, to, 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 to sort of have, to, to perform its functions properly. That is municipality level, state-owned enterprise level, you name it. You know, uh, Reserve Bank, of course, we're doing well. I mean, trying to fix this whole thing in terms around inflation and that type of issues that we also have to grapple with. So it's a it's a broad sort of approach that we'll have to follow. And I think the budget will give us some more insights into this. And I think it's a critical exercise this year to see not only perhaps we don't fix everything in one year because these things have been coming over a number of years. 
There's, there's problem areas. But we should use the full capacity of the, our, our human capital in South Africa and not have prescriptions who you can employ and who not, that type of thing. And to make the best of that and together with that, bring together the investment that is needed. I mean, for instance, Transnet, for instance, in terms of water, municipalities, there's a great need for investment, especially by the public sector. But we know, you know, they're also battling with with servicing public debt. I mean, it's a, they take on a lot of guarantees from the state-owned enterprises. So all those things, the Minister of Finance in the end and Treasury have to have to try and sort out in terms of the budget. And I'm glad not, I'm not in that their position at the moment, but I think they will be able to sort of create the confidence that they're actually moving in the right direction. That's perhaps the best we can hope for. The problem is South Africa's tax base is dwindling to some extent. And you can't just take on, you know, more expenditure and try and solve the problem that way. So we must have a, a business-like approach, I would say, in the public sector. You know, if we can achieve that, you know, in terms of trying to efficient provide efficient services on the personal level even. Then I think we might be on the right track to to being to to improving the business climate and business confidence, and especially what is critically important is the investment climate in South Africa for the future. Because we're looking ahead here, we're looking we won't fix the problems today, but it'll probably take about five to ten years, you know, to get the economy really on track again and and to achieve the five percent growth rate that we've been talking about. Yeah, it certainly would take, um, you know, a lot of work to make all of that, uh, all of that happen, Richard. Um, especially, you know, getting back to the 5% growth rates. I see that, uh, uh, the, the IMF recently downgraded South Africa's growth expectation, um, you know, by about, uh, half, you know, from 1.8% to about 1%. Uh, for the year, which would take us back to similar growth rates as we were seeing uh, just before COVID-19. So, you know, the, so the, the prospects or the general outlook, um, I'm just going to call it dovish to say the least, um, you know, because we're not really, uh, people aren't that confident, you know, that we'll be able to achieve. Not in the bouncy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we won't be able to achieve, um, you know, some of those levels. And like you said, a lot of it has to do with infrastructure. A lot of it has to do with investment. A lot of it has to do because in certain cases you have these bifurcated, um, you know, economic structures and you say, okay, fine, the public sector will play over there. The private sector will play over here and then we'll just see what happens. But there's a huge interplay between the two. And I think your example of Transnet is a, is a really good one because that is an entity that is helping to move goods for a lot of businesses, um, you know, out there. So if you can't get that right, then, you know, there's a huge swath of the private sector that just cannot um, you uh, operate at the level of efficiency that uh, that they would be hoping to, and then obviously uh, the power crisis uh, is pervasive across uh, you know the whole economy. So very tough situation to say the least. And like you said, the minister and his team over at Treasury have a very tough balancing act. Um, you know when they present the budget in the coming in in the coming weeks. Yeah, well, I think, you know, what is also a very important point to remember is that, you know, in, in, in sort of addressing the inflationary problem, 
uh, which the IMF is actually seeing it worldwide coming down to some extent. And they're talking about a soft landing, you know, and that type of stuff for the world economy. But for us, you know, it's important that Treasury is is complementing the Reserve Bank in its actions to try and in 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 fighting inflation. For instance, the the question of you know increasing salaries in the public sector. You can't increase salaries by eight percent and have the Reserve Bank sort of having a a, a target of four and a half percent that they're striving for in terms of a target rate for inflation. You know they should be complementary to each other, and I think that is an important point. The minimum wage, for instance, I mean, eight and a half percent, that type of thing. It, it, it makes it very difficult for small business. And I think Saki actually made a sort of media statement in this regard, especially for micro and smaller businesses. I mean, bigger business might be able to, uh, to handle that to some extent also. But small businesses are going out of business. They, they are employing less people. I mean, and that is the, unfortunately, business facts that one has to deal with. So, I mean, it's a, it's a complicated issue. The economy is linked all over itself. I mean, the public sector has a certain role to play. We can't get beyond it. And it's, it's a whole, I mean, one can go into public sector theory and uh, consumer exclusion and all that type of theoretical concepts. But it's important to have that sort of view. But I think especially at the moment, what is critically important for South Africa and which was driving actually the business conference largely to towards the end of the year and even the beginning of the year was tourism, for instance, increasing tourists from overseas. I mean, that that actually hinges also on 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 crime in South Africa. Is it out of hand? Do they feel safe coming here? You know, I mean, the rand we're talking about a. a, a a weak rand, but that is actually positive for tourism to some extent. But unfortunately, it's also unfortunate, also a problem with in terms of imported capital goods and type of thing. If you have a weak currency, so it's a two-edged sword that you're dealing with. But uh, international trade relations and investment, we've put in some charts in our review on the BCI, which is important to look at. I mean, there's there's countries that it's very important to have relations with economically. And I think that should be your first step at if you're trying to uh, improve on business conference and the economy, is to make sure that your economic relations are sound to some extent, because that is an important critical element of the whole business scene that we're dealing with. And I think uh, perhaps a lot of attention should be paid to that. And one should make sure, you know, that policy actions and and and, and, and sort of relationships internationally are based to, on, on economic facts, also to a large extent, you know, to make sure, you know, one one operates within that, uh, that sphere that's positive for the economy and for business. Because in the end, it'll, it'll benefit more people in South Africa going that route, perhaps, than having all kinds of nice statements made, but that doesn't actually uh, uh, inform those sort of economic relations on a, on a, on a, on a more positive note. Um, Richard, before we let you go, I want to maybe uh, zoom out on the international point that uh, you know, you've made a couple of times during today's discussion. Um, you know, the global economy is in a slowdown. 
Um, this is one of those uh, rare instances where economies around the world are all facing similar circumstances. Central bankers around the world are all trying to fix inflation. They're all trying to fix, um, you know, interest rates. Um, usually you might have a downturn in one part of the world or a war or something uh, that, you know, causes uh, economic turmoil. But, you know, this, at least in my view, is one of those times where everyone you know, is facing similar, um, similar challenges. Have we ever had a situation like this before? And are there any lessons that can be drawn, you know, from the past around how to fix something like this? Well, I think we can go back in at the Second World War, perhaps, and that type of stuff, you know, or even the, the Cuban crisis that we had in Kennedy's time, you know, early 60s and that type of thing. But I mean, these conflicts has the, as the, there's, a, there's a possibility, you know, that one could have these conflicts broadening. And I think it's, it's, it, it is also for the world to come to its senses in terms of what we're busy with, you know. And, uh, and I think there's, the economy has, is based on certain functional ways of, do, of creating value add. That, that is not an ideology, that is a fact, how you add value. It is taking labor, it's taking capital, and you're putting an inter, inter, entrepreneur in there, and they put it together and they provide goods and services for the economy. The governments are also there, actually. They're not, used, they're not value added based because you can't measure some of those functions. But they're very important in terms of being efficient, having the best people there. You know, uh, especially when you're uh, compiling policy, even in the world economy to some extent, it's important, you know, to, to, to try and see where, where, where countries put in an effort, you know, to handle this type of conflict that we're dealing with at the moment, how they handle it, you know. And uh, one mustn't be seen as the odd one out to some extent. Otherwise, you know, the world is, as you've said, in to a type of turmoil that we have never really seen. It, it started with the COVID setup, which was perhaps, I think, one of the inflationary problems that we experienced was overdone in terms of the, the fiscal uh, support programs that was during COVID, and now to get rid of that is not that easy. And I think that is where we, you, you must start off with you know, trying to normalize things, what normal actually might mean. It might mean just before COVID. Some to some extent, but it wasn't that normal in terms of South Africa yet. And we so we perhaps the best normal we could get is 2007 because that will that will be nice for Italy. It'll bring down unemployment to 15 percent, perhaps. I mean, you know, the National Development Program had investment levels of 30 percent fixed investment to GDP. We at the moment we're standing around 15 percent. We're not creating enough capital. We don't have enough savings in South Africa to finance that critical levels of investment that we need. And therefore, it's important to have that type of good relations internationally with your investors, foreign investors, but also your local investors. I mean, they're the first tab at, you know, if people see them, okay, they are confident. Then, of course, it, 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 it uh, helps the foreign investors also to form an opinion of what's going on. And then perhaps perhaps some other issues, you know, like education, uh, crime, you know, that type of issues to try and, and, and really address those types of issues because we, the conflicts in the world we can't do anything about. But there's a lot of things that we can do uh, domestically to help the economy and, and to put the economy in a better place and create a business climate 
that's more conducive, you know, to uh, investment and, and, and that type of thing. So that's where we end off for today. It has been a really great uh, conversation with uh, Richard just talking about uh, the state of business confidence um, in South Africa and some of the things uh, that are driving it up and, you know, possibly, you know, keeping it uh, dampened compared to where we were, um, you know, at uh, other points in history. I think uh, it's now, you know, well established in this conversation that uh, 2007 was probably a very good year uh, to model, um, you know, to model after or to model against uh, because that that was a that was a time with a strong output on the production side that was a time of a strong currency uh, that was a time of strong growth uh, you know when it came to I think uh, we're talking about uh, about five or so percent uh, you know worth of economic growth at the time um, you know which you know given the current state of things uh, would uh, would bode very well and you know part of the estimate is that if we were to go back to some of those levels, um, unemployment, you know, could come down below uh, the 20% mark, maybe even come down to 15, um, given, you know, what's going on out there, because there is a huge, um, you know, unemployment crisis as well, that has to be, you know, that has to be considered uh, when you're thinking about uh, what's going on out there. But the other point that he did make is the fact that, um, uh, one of the big points, you know, where South Africa could help itself is with uh, Im- is with uh, improving or strengthening uh, certain trade relationships, you know, into the country, uh, because some of those anchor relationships really bode well, you know, for things like your exports and also some of the foreign direct investment into the country, which needs to be pushed up uh, because the level of investment is not nearly uh, where it's uh, meant to be or was expected to be um, because, you know, the expected 30% level of investment versus the current 15, uh, you know, that's actually a tough situation to be in. So anything that can help to boost confidence, boost investment will be a good thing going forward. So that was us. We were in conversation uh, with uh, Richard Downing. He is an economist um, consulting with the South African uh, Chamber of Commerce and Industry on their Business Confidence Index. Richard, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you very much. I think it was a fruitful discussion and one must remember something about 2007. It is just after there's been a lot of political unity in the country and a, gov- a government of national unity and perhaps we should perhaps strive to that to achieve that again. Now, perhaps that's uh, definitely what you what uh, what people should be looking to do, especially in a huge election year. And that's been it for this edition of the Business Day Spotlight. Remember that you can find our latest podcast on Business Live. That's under the podcast Business Day Spotlight tab on Twitter. We're hashtag BD Spotlight. And remember that you can review and subscribe for free on iono.fm, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, or wherever you choose to get your pods casted. I've been Mudio Gavaza of the Business Day and Financial Mail. And this has been another edition of the Business Day Spotlight, which is a multimedia live production. So from my Myself and the rest of the team, it is a good evening, good afternoon, and good morning.